The second I got out of my car, just agents pop out and they're walking up to me, badges. It dawns on me in that moment, this is worse than anything I could be thinking of because he ran. What would you do if the FBI called you while you were at work and told you to come home immediately because they were in your house with your two-year-old daughter where you left her and her dad just a few hours before? It sounds like the beginning of a really bad dream, but for Jordan, it was a reality. So on August 21st, he was arrested by the FBI for CSAM and the production manufacture and distribution of CSAM of some of our own daughter and other children as well. You have to grieve the loss of this person and this person that you thought that they were and this relationship. So I think that in the beginning, I was so angry and so just on an adrenaline rush of it all that I didn't really start to grieve it. I think now I've really moved into that stage of grieving the relationship and grieving the person I thought he was. So I would say even now, I mean, there's still anger, but I would say a lot of it is sadness. I hope people do understand that and give you some empathy and some compassion when it comes to that grieving process. They don't. Listen, girl, a couple of days ago, I was going like watching some of your videos on TikTok. Yep. I had to leave the app for a little while because it was pissing me Dude, off. they're ruthless in there. That was one of the things I was going to ask you at some point. It seems like from what I can tell you, like took to TikTok to share your story and kind of use that platform as a, for lack of a better term, like a cry for help emotionally, yep. financially, which takes a lot of courage to do anyway. Like not even considering the circumstances that you're in or just yeah. the, you know, a mother's worst nightmare and then ask for help in that way from strangers knowing how the internet reacts. Yep. I saw the comments myself from your early videos all the way till now, but I wanted to ask you specifically, what has the response been from the online community towards your situation? While there's been a ton of hate comments and negativity, there's also been so much like an outpouring of love and support. And I've really built a community on TikTok. And obviously there's gonna be people who are gonna keep coming in and criticizing my reactions, my, the things I say, my feelings, they're going to say things like, okay, but you're sharing her story, which is so far from the truth. I think one of the things I've really struggled with, with people receiving is there's two stories here, right? There's her story, which I will not speak of. I'm never gonna like share her information or identity like that is hers and she gets to do what she wants to do mm -hmm. and have her feelings about it she gets to do that when she's older right but i also have a story here i also have a story and that is being the mom of yes. a csam victim survivor as i'm doing it i'm posting these tiktoks as I'm finding out, okay, this is a dead end. There's no resource for me here. I'm updating this community. And that community kept building, building, building. Which, of course, then brought more people who just insist that I'm exploiting my daughter just like her father was. And I think that's absolutely insane. When can we get to a space where I can share my story and... Other survivors or other people are not going to come on and tell me that I'm doing it wrong. And most of these comments are from women, mothers at that. 
which is so sad. Mm -hmm. So the response has been mixed. Mostly, I would even say it's been good. But sometimes I'll wake up and I'll have like 30 new hate comments. As if you're not going through enough. I've never been able to wrap my brain around what possesses people to go online and comment on someone's personal experience and their situation with their own I guess opinion which everyone's entitled to their opinion Habit. but you're what you're not going to do is invalidate someone's own experience and how they choose to share their story and to your point I've not seen a single video of yours share your daughter's name your location any any identifying information about her you've handled this the best any parent could possibly handle something of this magnitude. I think you've done a fantastic job sharing your story. I can only speak from my point of view. Someday she's going to speak from hers, right? Someday she's going to speak from hers, and that's her story. But right now I can only speak from mine. Well, fuck the haters. (laughs) They're so awful. They're so mean. Um, Go to a shelter. Like, you think that that's the answer? Like, she's victimized by her father, and then she doesn't understand that. So all of a sudden her dad's out of the picture. And then she should also lose everything that gives her safety and stability. We don't have family around here. Right. Like, it's just me and her. And right. so, I mean, did I realize that that was going to have to be, like, an option? Sure. But I'm going to avoid it at all costs. At all costs. Which meant... Right going on the internet and receiving the feedback I did. I was really blessed along the way, though. Um, the TikTok advocate, Katie, her and I grew up together. Oh, I didn't know that you grew up together. I knew that you were friends Yeah, now. no, we grew up together. And so cool. we hadn't talked in, like, forever. Um, and she came on one of my videos and was like, DM me, let's talk. And she really helped elevate my story in the beginning and she and her community oh, really got me the support and that immediate like financial support. That was all her. I would not be sitting that's awesome. anywhere without Katie. And that's just the truth. I think after her, you know, a couple other creators that were super important in like me surviving this whole thing. One of them was JD Delay. I don't know if you know him. He's a YouTuber. Listen, I'm old. <laughs> no, okay? he's I'm a little older. <laughs> Not old. He's thinking about them. You even say that. But no, he's older. And then um, Donish, for sure. And his community, they were like amazing. They've come through. They really yeah, came I've, I've through. And I'm so grateful for that. That's phenomenal. It's such a crazy feeling when complete strangers, you know, step up when your own family isn't even. Oh, my God stepping up in that way or there for you that way it's such a foreign feeling but I'm really happy that you found some of that and hopefully we can continue that momentum of support and make you guys feel even more secure and safe because she she deserves that stability and safety but so do you and you're dealing with so much right now and it shouldn't be 100% alone it's gonna feel lonely anyway. Like how could how can the rest of us make it yeah. feel less lonely for you and less isolated? It does. It it it's extremely isolating. Um, I have my little sister that I talk to here and there, like my youngest sister, but she's what twenty mm-hmm. three. She has her own life and she's young. 
you know what's she gonna do but as for the rest of my family um yeah it's just kind of unforgivable at this point that they haven't taken any steps to fix anything and this and this issue is so much deeper than just you know this one incident you know this has been going on for years and years and years um I just Mm -hmm. grew up in a very toxic and dysfunctional family you know both my parents my mom especially my mom's the abusive one but my dad was complicit in that which I mean makes Mm -hmm. him just as bad so I mean, it's always been hard with my family, but you would think that in a time like this, where there's an innocent little girl who is going through something this serious, you would think they would just drop it and just be like, because that's what I would do. You know, they, they, of course, any one of my siblings called me, hey, I'm coming, I'm coming. Because that's you. Period. That's, you're my sister and that's your kid. That's my niece. It's my nephew, you know? And. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's sad. That resonates because my family, my parents are the exact same way. It's like my mom's the abuser. My dad's the complicit yeah. one, which, and then is just been in denial or refuses to admit the severity of what took place. So I totally get where you're coming from with that you're like out of all of the times when a daughter needs a mother a daughter needs their dad or just a parental figure or just some sort of normalcy and protection even as adults we still crave that we still want to feel that from our parents yeah but you've not had it for a while and then you're certainly not getting it now and then your daughter also, and you don't have the support from her paternal grandparents side of the family. <laughs> I know there's been some. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole thing. That is a whole thing. Please. I'm going to kind of give you the timeline of what happens. This happens that day, August 21st. Uh, get a call from an agent. You know, him at your house with a search warrant. You got to come home. I remember I was in my client's house. I'm standing in their kitchen and I'm like, I gotta go. And like, just like, I'm like, I have to go right now. And just like pack up and just bolt. They didn't know who was on the other side of the phone, but clearly it was a horrible phone call. I remember I'm driving home. I'm only like 10, 15 minutes away. And the whole time I'm thinking like, what is going on? What's happening? Like, is my daughter okay? Is um, Ty okay? And... I'm worrying the whole entire time I'm getting there. And then when I'm getting to the gates, so my apartment complex, it's gated, but like the gates are always broken, <laughs> but like it's gated. Um, they always yeah, are. It's gated. Yeah. And um, there's cops, like the local police department is all outside my gate. And I'm like, oh my God, um, what is happening here? So they're so I live right across the street from like a shopping center. They're blocking off. There's cop cars blocking off the shopping center that's directly across the street. There's cop cars like all around the entrance of my apartment complex. So I'm at this point. I like cannot breathe because I did not even anticipate this. You know, I didn't anticipate all of no. the commotion. How could you? And so I went 
I got to my house when I the second I got out of my car there was a car parked like two spots away from me and just agents pop out of it right they're like and they're walking up to me badges and I'm like oh my like I'm not even all the way out my car door is not even shut yet and these people are like talking to me oh I'm stressed yeah and so they tell me they're like shut your door shut your door and I'm like what and so I shut my door and they're like lock it lock it lock it I'm like okay okay I'm like so I lock it and I'm like what is going on they're like well Tyran I'm like okay um and so then the panic attacks are into it. I'm like, what? Because it dawns on me in that moment, this is really bad because he ran, you know? This is worse than anything I could be thinking of because he ran. They're telling me my daughter's okay. They're trying to calm me down. I have a panic disorder. It's not going to work. You have right. to tell me what's going on <laughs> and then we'll see mm. if I'll calm down. They brought me inside and I saw the agent that I spoke to on the phone I he had a unique voice I knew it was him and he's like do you want to sit down everything's okay and and I did I walked in my daughter is sitting at the kitchen table with them just like I don't know playing with their badges like or whatever you know she's fine and I see that right and so at that moment there's relief in some sense but also not really any because I'm still full panicking at the situation why is this happening and there are agents, like, all over my house. There was probably three per room. And we're talking, like, the dining room, kitchen, and living room that are all connected. Still three each. Were they, like, searching yeah, everything? They and had our, they were, were they searching, searching and taking things? Yeah, they were searching everything. They were looking. Um, they already had a lot of electronics out. They're going through our stuff I like the house is they didn't tear it up like you would see in a movie it wasn't like that but you can tell things were mm -hmm. moved but they weren't like messy about like right. throwing things and paper everywhere I walked right. into a total disaster but it was a lot um so I see this agent and he's trying to come he's like do you want to sit I think you need water you know and I'm like I don't know what I need. I need I need to know what's going like, remember, on. I'm like walking around. They're like, sit down. They're like, drink water. And I'm like, tell me what's going on. What's wrong? And they keep saying they're waiting. They're going to wait for someone to come explain to me. Because they were looking for him at this point. He, he had ran. So they're looking for him. And so I guess the lead on his case, right? I guess the lead on his case, they were wanting her to like uh -huh. explain everything to me. Because she had all of the, you know. But she was out Makes sense. trying to look for him, you know, trying to catch him. So after a period of time, they finally were just like, okay, we're just going to, here's what happened. So Ty's being arrested for, well, they said child porn. But again, when a stress porn implies consent. So we don't call it that. Um. Correct. So they didn't tell me anything except for that. And I'm like, they said those two words. And my mind, what was left of it, because it was already like, just exploded. And like, I think I almost, I can't even remember exactly what I did. I know I was crying. I'm a nervous laugher. So I might have like laughed a little bit. Just remember being 
all over the place and like panicking and being in just utter disbelief. And as I'm telling you this, I'm like looking around the room because I kind of like remember where I was at when certain mm. things happened. Because I obviously right. have PTSD right. from this. Sense. Um, Eventually they tell me, okay, we caught him, you know, um, you know, we're going to take him to jail. He'll be booked later. All of the, all of the details of what, you know, was going to happen next. And they basically just asked me, like, do you have anyone that can come, like, be with you? Because you really shouldn't be alone. And I didn't, you know. Um, so oh. the one person I thought to call was my boss. Because me and my boss had worked together at a previous company before the current company that we worked together at. She took a promotion. So she's, like, she wasn't even my direct boss. She's, like, my regional coordinator. And so I mm. called her and she called my direct boss and was like, you need to go to Jordan's right now. <laughs> she needs help. Like, you got to go. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, very grateful to both of them. Um, so my direct boss showed up and she was like, just get your things. You're going to come stay at my place, you know, for a couple days. And I'm Gosh. like, okay. So... <laughs> pack up the baby well, pack up all our stuff go stay at her place so i'm gone for i want to say it was a little under a week after this happened but i'm at my boss's house while i'm on the way there i take out my phone and i call his dad okay i called him. Oh, these people shit. love a phone call okay they hate texting this is important. They hate texting. Okay. Call. Mm. Okay. No answer. None. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I text them. I'm like, hey, your boy was like arrested by the FBI. <laughs> so I really need you to call me back. They didn't. They didn't even they they didn't call me. What? And I think it was a little bit later that they texted me and were like, what happened? And so I think I sent them along. I think I tried to call them again. I think I left his dad a voicemail and they just wouldn't answer. But then they would like respond to my texts after a while. And so I'm starting to get irritated right there because I know how much these people prefer phone calls. I mean, they have been... Mm -hmm. just ridiculous about how we have to talk on the phone we can't text about anything um but now all of a sudden you know we can't talk on the phone um so right off the bat i'm irritated right. i'm like what are you doing like this is an emergency and this is no time for you to just be like acting nonchalant about this or like calm and so i remember them saying something right. along the lines of like hey, we're just finding out about this. We're going to look into it, you know, and we'll talk to you. And I'm like, okay, fine, you know, sure. You don't answer my calls. You're sending me these texts. You're going to look into it, sure. Okay, so I don't hear from them. Yeah. I get to my boss's house. We're settled in, and I'm checking the jail website because I don't know anything at this point. I, they told me those two words. He's arrested mm. for that. But they didn't tell me anything else. 
Really? No. And so I'm waiting for him to be booked. But you're supposed to calm down. Yeah, I'm supposed to calm down, even though I have no clue what's going on. Um, right. So it's like midnight and they're not updating the site. So I'm like, oh my God, like I'm so tired. I'll check it in the morning. So I wake up at like 6 a.m. And I wake up heart pounding like you're still wedding. And it's been like that every day since this happened. That's yeah. how I wake up at this point. Ugh. And I pull up the jail website and he's got all of these charges. Like first, second, third degree child exploitation, indecent liberties, assault of a police officer. Assault of a police officer. I didn't even know about that. So, after I see these charges, whatever, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my daughter and I'm going to go do something with her today. Like, I obviously don't have to work. And so I tell her, hey, we're going to have a fun day. We're going to go to the park because it's still summertime. We're going to go to the park. We're going to go to Target. We're going to go eat pizza. Name off everything that she loves, right? And just, like, try to entice her to go out and distract ourselves. Yeah. And while we're in the car, I get two phone calls, one of which is my friend who works for maintenance for this place, okay? So his name is, we're not going to talk about it, but, like, he called me and was like, I saw Todd beat the shit out of a police officer. And I'm like, what? I'm like, how do you know? And then he tell me, what? he's like, oh, no, um, they had their weapons drawn at him. And he did not care. He grabbed the officer's gun and beat the shit out of an officer. Yeah. Yeah. And this person, this so this was a resisting oh, arrest. This was, this was like he tried to kill a police officer. <laughs> like he, yeah, he beat the living crap out of this dude. I'm honestly <laughs> surprised he made it out of that he shouldn't alive. Have. Behaving that yeah, way. Yeah, he shouldn't have. Um, oh, well, that's another story. Correct. He shouldn't Correct. have. <laughs> and that's honestly what the maintenance man said, too. He was like, he was like, if he looked like me, he would be <laughs> dead. So. He's probably not he, wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> and so, I mean, he's telling me right. this. He's relaying this information to me. He's like, I didn't even know it was Ty at first. He looked like crazy. He looked not even like himself. I didn't even realize it was him. But I, like, was trying to help the officer. And then I realized it was Ty because he knew us. He was over, the main guy. He was over here a lot. Mm. Super cool, younger dude. We really liked him. <clears throat> so he is telling me this story. And I'm like, I don't even know who to talk to. At this point, I don't even know who the lead investigator is. Like, they haven't called me. Nothing happened. Right. This is probably around 9 a.m. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting my coffee. And then I'm booking it towards Target, right? Because I'm like, now more than ever, I need retail therapy, right? (laughs) This is an emergency Target visit. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So... Now more than ever, I need that retail therapy. So I'm racing to Target, right? I get a phone call. I'm like, please, God, don't let it be as bad as the first one. Get a phone call. Oh, it's worse because it's the lead investigator calling me. She's like, hey, 
Jordan, right. and I'm like, hey, um, hey, girl, <laughs> what's going what? on? Literally, what's going on? Tell me right now. And so, no, literally. <laughs> and so <laughs> she, you know, she's telling me, you know, all the details. I mean, not all of them. But she's telling me details that m- just made me want to, like, not, not go on with my day. Oh, my gosh. And by the end of the call, she says, so I really would appreciate it if you took your daughter down to insert hospital here to get a forensic mm. exam. And I'm like, what so I'm like, okay, oh. because I'm trying at this point to just do whatever they need me to do because I, I, I'm cooperating. I, of course, I don't know anything. Right. I'll help you do whatever you need to do. That's fine. So, but I was really sad because I was like, oh my God, I was going to have this like fun day with her, but okay, maybe it won't take that long. Right. Wrong. It took so long. <laughs> we went down there. We went down there and they have a specific team who does this. And that specific Mm -hmm. team, like, wasn't even in the building. So we had to wait, like, multiple hours for the specific team to come in. Then the specific team comes in. And I don't even know what, you know, they have to talk to me. Um... And then they're doing all these, like, other kinds of tests before they do, like, their whole thing. You know, just making sure she's fine. But the whole entire time, she, my daughter, is freaking out. Like, screaming, telling them to get away from her. Leave me alone. Help mommy. All of the things that just destroy you as a mom to hear. And you can't do anything. So then they tell me, like, hey, uh, like, your CPS worker's going to come. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, I've seen this in the movies. So CPS shows up. Oh, that was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in that moment, I just, I just, I told him, okay, I looked at him and I was like, hi, I'm Jordan. I'm terrified that you're going to take away my baby. I like looked him in the eyes. (laughs) My CPS worker was the sweetest man. And I know that that is not how it goes for everybody. Far from it. Right. Um, But he was like, hey, it's okay. We're just gonna, I'm just gonna come see how you guys like interact here at the hospital. And then, you know, we'll chat some more in a second. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm like in there, I'm comforting her, but I'm feeling some type of way. I'm feeling like it's, it wasn't performative, but it felt because he was watching, it felt performative almost. But I wasn't, you know, I'm taking care of my daughter. Well, when someone's watching you like that. But you're under this like scrutiny. Yeah, it makes you feel weird. And then you're like, I don't know what to do. It's, it's, it's odd. But right. thankfully, you know, I talked to him again and he tells me, he's like, hey, you know, I can tell that you are your daughter's, you know, safe place. She really 
you know, trust you, whatever. So he's like, gives me his card. You know, he we're going to set up some visit, home visit. And I'm like, okay, great. So that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was still horrifying, right? No matter how good of a parent you are, you don't yeah. want CPS hanging out. We were there for 12 hours. I end up going home and I try to talk to Ty's parents again. And I'm like, okay, it's been a few days and you guys are giving me nothing. Nothing. And I didn't, I wasn't talking about monetary. Like, call me. Um, get, ask how she's right. doing. Like, do anything. At the least? <laughs> Minimum. They tell me, and it's super weird. And I, at the time, I didn't understand why they were doing it, but now I do. They told me that we were going to have a text conversation. Um, yeah, we were going to have a text conversation. The people who hate texting. Yeah, at a specific, peri- at a specific point in time, we're going to have a text conversation. Is that okay? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, we have a few de- ideas of how we can help you. And I'm like, great. The thing you have to know about Ty's parents is that the dad is, he's really fucking awful. But he is quiet about it and she is loud. Because she is loud mm-hmm. about being awful. And it mm-hmm. was it was her leading yeah. this conversation. She hates me. Hates me, hates me, hates me. I was hoping it was going to be his dad. But of course, his mom was never going to let that happen. Of course no. not. Yeah. So they're texting me. They're saying we could like help with one car payment. Mm-hmm. Would you like that? And I'm like, so wait, I'm like, full stop. So wait, all of this happened. You're saying nothing about my daughter. You're saying you want to gift me one car payment. And this dude, like, Mm -hmm. I just lost an income, which fine. Even that I would have taken. But unfortunately, it was followed with. We're not responsible for other adults and their children. Wait, what? They're not responsible for other adults and their children. Meaning? Financially, anything like that. And I wasn't even asking for financial support. That's the thing. That's just what they were leading with. Because they don't know how to be any other type of human. They only know Mm -hmm. financial help and abuse. Because that's what they did. So Ty has three sisters okay three his parents pay for every aspect of their lives every single aspect he bought them houses these people are wealthy he bought them all houses he buys them all whatever they want he finances their moves their trips everything he finances okay his dad and so when they said we don't take care of other adults and their children now Keep in mind, I know this information, and they know I know. And so I right. said to them, I'm like, first off, wasn't even asking you for financial help, so thanks for the car payment gift. I don't need it. I don't need it. And also... Yeah, no thanks. Also, yeah, no thank you. And also, yeah. when you're talking about you don't care for other adults and their children, you're talking about you don't care for people like me and my child. Which is their grandchild. Yes. Yeah, but they don't like view it that way. <laughs> After they say that part, I'm like, I call them out on that. I'm like, first off, you do too. Second, what you're saying Good. is a dig. This is a dig. 
it's it's because I'm not like right. you that you don't want to help me. And I'd rather you just say that. And I'm like, so you don't want anything to do with your granddaughter. Right. Because you have not asked how she's doing. You haven't mentioned her. Nothing. I'm like, so because I'm involved, you want nothing to do with her. Is that correct? And they said, oh, no, we are interested in adopting her. Sorry. Yeah. What? So I was already pissed at the already the condescending like start to the conversation, and then they tried to threaten to adopt my daughter. Have they had a relationship with? Never met us. Never met her. They've never met either of uh-uh. you. And when you say they didn't like you because you weren't like them, what does that what does that mean exactly? So they're super evangelical Christian. We've talked about Christ Church. They're very cult-like I would say and I've talked to a lot of people who have a lot more knowledge on it than I do um I didn't I wasn't aware I think I always kind of felt like I would joke or like haha cult but like I don't I don't think I was ever serious because I didn't ever really know the details I just knew they were really strict religious and I am not that way and I really have an issue with organized religion because I do think it's like a cult and I think that you know I'm not a Republican. (laughs) That's a big one for them. And it's not just that I'm not a Christian because I don't really know yet. I'm pretty sure I'm an atheist, but like I wasn't sure I was raised Presbyterian. So I'm, I'm, I don't really know yet. Right. And so I would tell them, I'm like, Hey, I think we like believe in some of the same things, but I think you believe in them differently than I do. It not that we don't believe in some of the same things it's that you believe them one way and you if i don't believe them that exact same way you hate me that's the catch right and it's a very extreme specific way that they require you to believe oh yeah i mean it's not like oh well you believe in god or you believe in jesus it's like no you have to do xyz to this strictness and to this specification Or you're going straight to hell and you're taking your daughter with you. Exactly. They, like, courted their daughters. Like, they made them go through a courting process to get married. Where, and they told me this, they said that, um, and dad, his dad and mom confirmed, like, they made their daughters, you know, they'd go on dates, but it had to be in groups or in public or whatever. And then, you know they were chaperoned yeah essentially and then when the man wanted to marry one of the daughters he had to come to larry and be like here's my finances here's my and larry did this like deep background check and like trying to make sure this man is good enough or his daughter which why even go to that trouble when you're going to pay for their whole lives anyways? It just seems like an extra step to show your dominance. It doesn't seem like he... I don't think he cared. Well, it's because <laughs> women are property. Exactly. And he's going to exchange his property. You might as well just trade her for like 24 goats exactly. at this point. And so I'm hearing this... And I hear this from Ty first. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. And I'm excited explaining to him and I'm like don't we think that maybe this could be a lot of the reason why your sisters dislike me I am literally everything they could never be and I don't mean that in a way of like I'm better than you 
I mean it in a way of like, I got to go to public school. I get to wear what I want to wear. I get to decide what I like, believe. I get to decide what I do with my life. No path has chosen for me. It's me. And I get to be me. And they don't get to do that. Right. So I think a lot of it is also a jealousy component with their his sisters. And his sisters are beautiful, talented. Those Stevenson kids, talented, gorgeous, like humans. But oh my God, something is mentally so wrong with all of them. All of them. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. So that's really like the background of his parents and me. It's, I tried to have a relationship with them. I tried so hard. I wanted them to know my daughter. I invited them to come out and see it with of us course. multiple times. Like, hey, I would love it. I think that you guys might, you know, take a better liking to me if you met me face to face because I'm a very bubbly person. I'm going to be very bubbly. I'm going to, you know, cater to your every need. Like if you're staying at my house, I'm going to make three meals from scratch. <laughs> like, you know, I'm very, right. I, that's just right. how I am. And so I actually pride myself on being a likable person, but you know where part of that came from? is uh bartending for so many years you have to like build a persona mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. same yes. yes you know how to turn that on. yep <laughs> i can be hospitable af when i need exactly. to be exactly <laughs> and so i was like if they come here you know they'll love me the issue was they weren't trying to come here they're not trying to even be so much in the same room as me they don't want to speak to me um all of my requests. They don't have a desire no. to get to know you None. or like you or understand None. or even their granddaughter for that matter. Like there's no there's no effort because there's no desire. And I very there's much no so to. understood. And this was a boundary I'd set. I mean, even with Ty was like, hey, they can't have access to her and treat me like crap. That's not appropriate. Correct. It's not appropriate. So, like, I want to build this relationship with them, and I'm really willing because I'm not the one. They can have their beliefs, and I can disagree with them. I still want the relationship with them. That's not reciprocated. They can't do yeah. that. If I'm not them, right. then I'm shit. And there's no in-between. And so I remember one specific conversation I had with his mom. It was supposed to be just a conversation of her getting to know me, right? And so I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, this, like, I grew up this way. My mom and dad are like this, though. So I really did the, you know, and my my life story is similar to this whole thing. <laughs> it's it's about overcoming traumas. I'm telling her, like, parts of my life story. And somehow it turned into a God conversation because it always does. Shocking. Yeah, it always turns into a God conversation. Yeah. And I have told her at this point multiple times, like, hey, I just don't think we should talk about it because I think that, like, it makes you upset and I disagree and I don't want to make you upset. Um, <laughs> So I think we should just not talk about it. Right. No, they continue to bring it up anyways every time. They, they make me think that, you know, we're working towards... We're, we're laying down some groundwork mm -hmm. like they're learning about me but then all of a sudden it's it's a god thing and they hate me again and you know um right. just ask me about the bible so if their son was in a relationship with you and had a child with you that leads me to believe he didn't believe the exact same that they did right no so why is it why is it a me thing 
like exactly and i mean let's why would they not take that up with their son and i think they did i think they they did but here's how they did it so like when i was pregnant you know and we we waited to tell them we were like this is not gonna be a fun combo um we just sent them like an email <laughs> because you guys weren't married exactly we just sent them like an email was like it was like a whole well it was like a bulletin that we like made with like the um what are they called like sonograms like with the sonogram or whatever oh yeah we we just mailed that or emailed that and um the response to that was pretty awful bittersweet sin is what they called my daughter i'm sorry they called her a bittersweet sin yeah i i'm gonna need a moment yeah how could he be with such a and this I love that they said this to him. They called me a perverse oh, no. woman because I believed in things that they didn't believe in. Like, I don't know, um, just human rights. Honestly, to just sum it up, I believe in human rights. And they do not. <laughs> and so I'm a perverse How dare you, yeah. you perverse woman? Yeah, I'm a perverse woman. And so I just think it's really ironic that they were calling me that. And then they've got some, like, weird stuff going on in their family. They would send him emails. And this is when I was, like, six months pregnant. Being like, we'll give you X amount of dollars to just, like, leave her. That's what Jesus would want. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, not to get not to get too much into the Christchurch thing, but I know you and I spoke on it before. Mm-hmm. There's such a history there with always protecting abusers and always defending them and victim blaming. Yeah. And that clearly goes beyond the like the pastor himself and just the main congregation. Like it's such a big piece in all of the various layers within the church, the school, the curriculum, oh. the um, publishing company. Like, it's, it's it just has its little slimy hands in every single thing that that organization touches. Exactly. And unfortunately, that trickled down to you and your daughter, too. Because, they're, like, didn't you, I think you had mentioned in one of your videos, they even tried, or they were talking about bailing him out of jail. Yeah. Even after all of this happened. Yeah. They did do that. So I get a call from him and it was a one minute free phone call. And this is the first time I had spoken to him since that morning when I left for work. Right. So I answered. And how long after that? How long after that day did you get this phone? I want to say it was like a couple weeks. A couple weeks later, I get this call and he says, I'm going to get out soon. I'm coming to help you. And I'm like. So he ends up telling me that his parents are bailing him out and they're looking for a lawyer or, you know, whatever order that was in. They're going to look for a lawyer and bail him out. And so this is a one minute call. It ends. He tells me that. He tells me he's going to get out. He knows I need help. He's going to come help me. His parents are going to bail him out. They're getting him a lawyer. Those things. One minute and then call ends. So I get off the phone and I'm like... I don't know what just happened, but I'm panicking. I mean, and and this was a couple of weeks after I had really taken to TikTok, too. So my first TikTok video, that was within... So when I got back from my boss's house that Thursday, and I had that conversation about, you know, them trying to adopt my daughter, 
that's what full sent me that whole conversation Mm -hmm. like that beginning part and then i was already mad and then the threatening to adopt my daughter thing that's what full sent me into a panic and at this point i had already had a meeting with these victims advocates i think it was the first meeting i had with them they had nothing for me co-social services like okay so i knew i was alone alone and i knew my parent or well i don't want to say my parents my dad has passed away he passed away in march oh yeah so it was my parents it was my mom it was my mom and my brother and my sisters i knew they weren't going to support me i knew now that his parents weren't going to support me and i just spiraled and lost it i was mad i was disgusted I was not only mad for myself, but I'm mad. I was mad for my daughter. She had been through all of this, uh-huh. and no one of her extended family members cares more about her than they do about themselves. And I, that makes me angry for her, and also just devastated, devastated that yeah. I had a child, and this is what her experience is. Because this is not what her cousins experiences. Her cousins, my daughter's cousins, have family and support. My sister's kids have that family and support. They had it from my dad before my dad passed. They had it from my mom. Because there's always been this standard with my family. Um, I am the, like, smack in the middle middle child. Um, I've always been the one who is loud and has they call it a deep-seated need for justice they kept telling me you know the world is just Mm -hmm. and not everything is just and so i think that they were annoyed with that but that's always how i was and so my daughter doesn't get any of that support even though her cousins do and she's gonna see that she's gonna see that someday and i'm gonna have to explain that so of course i'm gonna have to explain and it's enormously unfair the amount yeah the amount of things that I'm going to have to explain to my daughter, the amount of evil my daughter is going to see in the world yeah. before, I mean, like way before I, <laughs> I mean, I just found out how much evil is in the world yeah. when he got arrested. Only can hope that she will not become jaded or bitter or, you know, I, I don't want her to view people as what our family happens to be you know our family's gross right people are not all like them (laughs) there is good people right and i and i do hope that she does see that you know especially from you know the outpour of love that we've i've received on tiktok but you know her as well I hope that when she does come to see all of these injustices and all this evil in the world, I hope that she also sees everything positive that came out of it. I really do. I think she will because of who she has as her mother. Thank you. You're setting that for her right now. Like you're laying the groundwork for that through arguably the worst thing a mother could ever experience or go through or have to navigate, especially alone, especially when you're you know your baby's so young and just all of these challenges that you're facing and to still be able to approach it from that angle and not be like f the world you're you know you're wanting to maintain a healthy mindset for your daughter towards the world and not 
make her bitter and negative, but still understanding like, hey, this experience happened to you and it's very real and it's valid, yeah. but this isn't all there is to life. Yeah. Like there's, there are good people out here that care about us as human beings and that will advocate for us. And the way that you're advocating for her is just what every child deserves, but very few children experience and have. So she's, I mean, I want to say very fortunate to have you as a mother, despite the circumstances. Thank you. I appreciate that. It, it doesn't always feel that way. (laughs) I know it doesn't. (laughs) I think another important thing that I want to show her is that, have you heard the saying, and it's like, if you can't find the light, be one, or it's something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that what I'm also trying to do with all of this is like, okay, if you can't find help, if you can't find support, you can't find advocacy be that and that's what i'm trying to be um unfortunately my tiktok commenters the mean ones they don't think i'm doing it fast enough they they really expect me to um be mid-crisis and just dedicate the rest of my life to their or to advocacy and i'm like i'm in therapy I've got court dates. I've got all of this stuff, you know, meetings up the yang. And like, I have so much stuff going on. And, um, you know, when the dust settles, obviously, I would absolutely love to continue on in some type of advocacy work. God's sake. Yeah. Like, give her, cut her some freaking slack. Yeah. It, this would be a terrible, awful, incredibly difficult situation to navigate if you had enormous support from both sides of the family and the community and we're financially like taken care of but guess what guys like you don't have any you haven't had any of that i can barely no you don't (laughs) it's not your responsibility exactly Exactly. that's not your responsibility the pressure that's being put on you is insane yeah it's there is a lot of pressure that comes with um you know amassing I mean, I don't have a huge following in comparison, but I have amassed quite a large following in such a short period of time. And I think that the pressure that comes from that to, I I got a comment the other day and it's like, use all your donations, uh, give them to everybody else. I'm like, what? (laughs) Why? I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. She's like, use it to help other people. I'm like, I can't even help myself. I can't. That's the thing is like, I'm at the tail end of it's been like what six months yeah not even and so I'm at the tail end of this I'm going back to work I'm so happy everything's like starting to like fall back into place right we're getting a new normal but at the same time I'm not there yet it's gonna take a long time he's not you know been tried he is not you there's so much we still have to go through And I think that it's not only fair, but like, honestly, for the good of everyone, if I'm not trying to be an advocate and save other people, well, I can barely hold my head above water, you know? What kind of help would I need? I'm not good help already. You can barely text my friends back. Okay, same. And I'm not even going through what you're going through. (laughs) I feel so bad. It's always like a week and I'm like, hey. No, I know. I'm like, y'all probably hate me. I feel like I start every text that way, like. 
I'm oh my god I'm so yeah, sorry I forgot too. oh my god you probably hate me yep like it it's it's never intentional never but no that's that's a insane expectation to put on someone going through any type of trauma there's like victim blaming and then there's I, I was making notes on it for a different case I'm covering um so I was working on that yesterday but it's exactly the same where it's like someone goes through something really terrible and shitty and is the victim mm -hmm. and then there's observers of that yeah who want to shift all of the responsibility on the victim for advocating for helping other people for spreading awareness for rescuing themselves like there's all of these expectations on victims that should never be there in the first place like we're supposed to be able to process <laughs> process things at the very fucking at, at least. least and you're still trying to be a good like a present mother at the same time yeah. and we cannot be good parents to our kids Without taking care of our own, like, emotional health and mental health, it, you know, before taking care of our children. So. And I think I think people, and I 100% agree with you, I think people underestimate the amount of trauma I've been through as well in this past year. 2023 was the most traumatic year of my life. I had multiple traumas happen Aww. within the first three months. You know, I had a massive trauma in February and then my dad passed away and I'm like, full disclosure, he was in a mountain biking accident. He was missing for 24 hours. Yeah, there were multiple helicopters, what? drones, oh my God. search and rescue. Six search and rescue parties went out to look for my dad. It was negative some degrees in Montana, tons of snow. I knew my dad was dead. But I was like waiting. I was waiting. Um, we held on to some sort of hope. This was a short ordeal. Oh my God. This was in March. And this was March. It hasn't been a year. It was March 4th, technically, that he died. But I got a text March 5th from my mom, who I wasn't speaking to at the time, who was like, I can't find your dad. And so it was like, okay. I mean, this, like, maybe he. What? I mean, maybe he, like, went out and just, like, forgot to, like, tell you because it was, like, morning and it was a weekend. So I'm like, maybe he just, like, is out, like, running an errand. Like, and she's like, no, I don't think he yeah. came home last night. I'm like, where did he go? And she's like, he went for a bike ride. And I'm like, he went for a bike ride in the sub-zero tent. And this is this is actually what my dad did do. My dad was a trials um trials bike rider. Um, he did all of the like competitions when I was like growing up. I grew up with all the trophies and everything. Like you're gonna die up there, man. And he did so. <laughs> well, yep. you called that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, holy shit! Like that happens, right? I mean, it's not it, funny, but no, it <laughs> is. It happens. Right. It happens, and you know, less than what? What is it? Three months? No. Five, four months later, four or five months later, then this happened. Right. This whole thing with Ty. And it's like, I don't think you could understand what it was for me to exist during those first eight months of 2023. It, I did everything I could to not feel the loss of my dad. Everything I could. I buried myself oh. in work. I was mm -hmm. oh my god i just whatever i could do to not 
deal with it. I did it. And so there was so much suppressed grief and even more so from my family, because of course there has to be this massive family argument the night before my dad's memorial. But of course, because it's a dysfunctional family. Of course. Of course. And so I'm reeling from this. I'm grieving, honestly, my whole family. I'm feeling extremely isolated. My dad died. My family's isolating me. And I just can't process any of it because I'm also a mom who works two jobs. And then I have Ty who literally does next to nothing. And so we're arguing all the time because he doesn't help out. And then to go to work one day like you would any other day and then have a trauma of, like you've said, this magnitude happen when I haven't even processed all this other trauma that's pretty also serious. It's like, yeah, I think the expectation of me and my reactions and my responses from the like public is um pretty off. <laughs> and not to mention, this is this really gets me riled up and it it always has and I I go off on it in person and online yeah. about it. But it shouldn't take knowing someone's full story, knowing every trauma that has ever happened to somebody and every detail of every trauma to have empathy and compassion for a, another human being going through something. Or to be able to hold space for that person to process or to speak out about their experience without inserting yourself into it. Someone should be able to say, hey, I went through something terrible and here's my experience. And we say, that's valid. I hear you. And I'm glad you can, you know, I'm, I'm here for you to say what you need to say and to heal how you need to heal. But instead, we're like, "Mm, I need to know more about that. Like, it's, it's insane. It was a whole lot of picking apart and especially that first video like you think if I was in my right mind I would have framed a lot of the things I said in that first video the way I did probably not I think that when I'm upset I tend to like everything is something like I couldn't spiral yeah Yeah, I I couldn't keep anything straight I'm like well this and then there's this and then there's you know and I'm panicking and I'm I'm very much so somebody who, like, gets riled up when I'm telling a story. Like, I'm very animated. That's how I am. And so when I'm telling that story in my first video, I'm on TikTok and I'm mad. I'm already mad. And then, you know, I'm in shock still because this was a matter of days after this happened. Like, less, like a week probably. That I understand that that TikTok video doesn't come out like the perfect victim per se. (laughs) Because, like how and people yeah people really said to me something like oh you care about your birthday right now or like oh like your reaction's so off something's wrong with you and it's like i posted proof everything hmm. everything that you need for proof is on my tiktok the search warrant the charges right is mugshot not that you owe it to anybody no not that i owe it to anybody but just was but like, it was there. Just like, hey, I'm asking for financial support. Here's the proof that I'm actually going through this and I'm not a scammer. Right? Still, right. even with proof plastered everywhere, yeah. I get comments day in and day out. You're lying. You're a manipulator. What are you doing? This isn't about you. And it's like, how am I lying? Like, it takes you, it could take you five seconds to figure out that I'm not lying. But instead, you look 
so ridiculous. Telling a victim, like, yeah. who has proof plastered is not a liar. And just, you know, yeah, it, that's been tough for me. No, I thought your original video, I can, like, I honestly thought you handled that better than I for sure would, but most people. But I think it's palpable in that video, your, your, your anger and your, like, the heartbreak of the situation and the injustice of it. Like, to me, all of that is conveyed. Like, I can literally yeah. see it in your face and in your in your eyes like that's genuine yeah. so I, and, like not that it's even my job no to... i know but i know what you're saying yeah. like and i don't i think that and i've talked to katie about this quite a bit everything i do i ask katie for approval for I'm like hey do you think because she knows how to do this i am not a social media girl i right. don't know how to do it and i certainly don't know how to deal with any sense of virality and so when that video started right go, you know, getting more attention. I was like, um, so these people are saying these things. And she's like, block and delete, block, delete, block, delete everyone. She's like, if, right. you, if you allow any comments to even stay up, other haters see it and are like, oh, I have the space to, yep. you know, other people think this too. And they feed off of each other. Yeah. She's like, delete, yep. delete, delete. And 100%. so since then, I stay pretty good about it sometimes. And I, some of my TikToks you've seen are like some snarky, sassy videos, which I'm gonna continue doing. Like I have another one teed up and ready Do to it. put today. No, it's <laughs> Ooh. can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everybody processes it differently. Like, um, I for me, I am very sassy and always have snapbacks, especially in person. Yep. but. For me online, there's so much, I have received so much hate telling my own like cult story, yes. no matter like my, I just, I posted videos about like my really shitty homeschool experience yep. and the abuse that I experienced growing up. And no matter what, there's so many hateful people who invalidate your real life experience that they were not there for. Yeah. And I started like would do response videos but it is it's too draining for me and i don't get like i feel like i lose energy over yep. it but i always admire people like you who assert themselves in that way because it needs i feel like it needs to be done so i like <laughs> i low-key like to see other creators do it. yeah i usually will you know take that comment and instead of really like internalizing it i normally just like put it in my friend's group chat i don't want to give any of these people that just and and what it is is a it's a commit to misunderstanding. They're committed to misunderstanding your truth, to misunderstanding yep. your story. They're committed to their dysfunction, and that's what it is. And I don't want to give them a platform. Well, I was going to ask how the public, how my audience can support you in the best way. I would say, I mean, I obviously appreciate all continued donations. I appreciate it. I'm a single mom regardless. Um, other than that, I really, really appreciate the emotional support. If anybody wants to follow me on TikTok, that's going to be where I'm going to be putting out the most updates. Like I said, there's still so much to go. And so if anybody wants to mm -hmm. continue to follow along with my story, that honestly helps me a lot. It helps me a lot to just know that I have people I can talk to, people who 
care. And yeah, that's, I think that's all I need, really. If you'd like to support Jordan and her daughter as they navigate life after something this horrific, it would mean a lot to me personally if you would go and help her out however you can. And if you would like to share your own story here, you can send me an email at KendraLeeBryan at gmail.com.